0: Welcome to Talking Club. I'm Emily. I'm Karen. And today we are excited to talk about what we have been doing during these summer months. So Karen, you just got back from a trip. I did. Are you still jet lagged? I am. (laughs) I
1: think that this is just my permanent state of being. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to go away.
0: That's good conclusion <laughs> well, I've reached. I, yeah, <laughs> when I when I got home from China back in two thousand, I'm pretty sure it took me a month to get over my jet lag,
1: which is crazy because you were much younger then.
0: <laughs> yes, I was. I was twenty years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue that I because I was younger, I was healthier. You know, and your body can bounce back easier when you're younger. But you could also argue that it took that long because I was younger and more stupider, more dumb, (laughs) (laughs) not smart with my choices Mm -hmm. about what time to go to sleep and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I feel like jet lag makes it where you're really confused about what time it is and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm not. Like I adjusted back to the time zones very easily um, after the first – like night or two it's just that I'm so exhausted from the traveling part yes that's where I'm like I mean I have to remind myself I'm just always tired (laughs) (laughs) I'm a middle-aged woman with a full-time job and I have a lot going on and I'm just tired all the time and also we just I mean we went like crazy during that trip so It was, like, just a lot of physical exhaustion, too, which was amazing. It was awesome. It felt good. And it was a really good um, lesson for me in how much my body can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because now I'm like, oh, wait, I should not be lazy. I can walk up the stairs to get another glass of water. (laughs) I need to just not be, you know, a bum about it. So,
0: Do you keep track of your steps? i do i have a fitbit so how do you know how many steps you averaged in about a day
1: uh we were doing between 14 and twenty thousand steps most days
0: that's incredible that's yeah, awesome we
1: did about seven to eight miles a day of walking which was nuts when i usually am like oh yeah i got two miles today you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> well right you know and it's interesting Dustin and I were talking about this the other day is when you have a desk job or you work indoors in an office, you can be working all day long, but not moving. Mm -hmm. And those are, you know, having jobs that are more sedentary, you are still working and using your brain and like you can be mentally exhausted. You're just not up and walking around. So there really is it's kind of frustrating when you like look down at your Fitbit and you're like, oh, I've like put in an eight hour day and I've walked 2000 steps, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, and yeah. also feel tired. And I there's there's very much like um, there should be an appreciation for people who, you know, work more like desk jobs versus like being outside and like construction or, or things like that. You know, it's still all very valuable work.
1: It is very, very valuable work, and I think one of the things that complicates it is the fact that to get any sort of physical activity into your day, you have to do that intentionally and usually separate from your work day. Exactly. So it's like, I'm fortunate because I work at a college campus. It's a really pretty campus, and I have a coworker who is similar to me where he's just like, yeah, let's get up and moving, and so we go for walks every day. We right now because it's blazing hot we go early and only once when the weather is better we will go twice a day Mm -hmm. just take a little walk we have a path that we go on and it's a great way to just kind of get the blood flowing and we have some great conversations about our job you know great ideas will come from those those walks but you do have to be really intentional about it and so to go from basically not doing much, um, physical activity all the time till jumping right in. I mean, we landed, I went to Paris for anybody who doesn't know, um, my mom and I went and so it's like, we landed on Wednesday morning in Paris went straight to well by the time you get through customs and get on the train and everything we went straight to our hotel it was early afternoon we checked in luckily our room was already ready and we just were able to take our stuff straight upstairs drop it off changed our clothes and we were out on the streets of paris and immediately went for like a really long walk along the Seine. it was beautiful it was amazing but it was just like okay my body doesn't usually do this and this is really hard (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah so um what other plans do you have for the rest of the summer
1: uh well i'm moving
0: (laughs) oh that's right yeah Yeah. found a new place
1: i did i found a new place so i'm moving next week um so that's gonna be uh, fun i
0: guess is yeah
1: you know, I, I hate the process of actually moving. It is a million times better since a couple of moves ago when I decided, you know, I, I'm a grown up and I'm going to hire movers to come and do this for me. I still have to pack up all my stuff cause I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I feel comfortable handing someone like all of my stuff and saying like, here you go, pack it. Um, <laughs> but it's really nice to just sit on a couch and point. And then somebody moves it for me and I don't have to feel guilty about not helping.
0: (laughs) No. And so are there moving companies that will actually pack your things into boxes? Wow. We hire movers as well. And it is. It is a game changer.
1: Mm -hmm. It's expensive.
0: You definitely pay for it. But what you save in time and energy and general frustration is well worth the price oh
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely i remember a few like years ago this was when i was still living in utah actually on the radio uh one day like on my you know the morning station that i would listen to one day they were talking about things you should stop doing in your 30s and i was still in my 20s at this point but i was just like you know taking it all in like oh, okay what <laughs> and it was things like stop having your friends take you to the airport why you should get you should hire a car you should get a ride you should get yourself there or drive your own car and park it there and pay the money to park your own car there okay and then the other big one was was moving don't ask your friends to help you move anymore Mm -hmm. if you're in your if you're an adult in your 30s or older and you have i mean obviously there are exceptions to this you know like not everybody is in the financial position to do it but if you are Why are you calling up the elders quorum president why are you bugging your friends and ruining their entire saturday with the promise of pizza
0: right you should you should clarify what an elders quorum president is just in case
1: okay yeah that's um so in the in our church that we attend the men's auxiliary group um basically is called the elders quorum and they have a president and there is a lot of like, there's become this history over the years that, like, if you're moving, you just call him up and he'll arrange a bunch of guys to come and pack your, well, pack your stuff into the van
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and help you get across town or or you then you call the one where you're moving to and then they'll come and unload your truck for you. It's become this whole thing where people just totally take advantage of the generosity and the hospitality of the men in the church and the women, too. And... I, yeah, I just, I decided a couple of moves ago, I'm not going to do that to my friends. I don't want to move my stuff. Right. Why would I make my friends do it? You yeah. Know? Or my brothers or whatever. And so it's so much easier. You just hire a couple of guys with a truck to show up and then you don't have to inconvenience anybody. They're not inconvenienced because you're paying them.
0: Yep. They're being paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy to report that I've never called the elders president to help us move <laughs> dustin is uh he's pretty capable the there was one time where he did ask help with moving a, dry, a washer down our stairs and but he moved the dryer by himself down oh a flight of stairs yeah i mean at, at some point it's kind of like okay is it possible to be a little too self-sufficient like let's get help because like the <laughs> next day if you can't move then maybe right. you should have asked for help Uh, but yeah, but movers. Yes. (laughs) That's great advice, (laughs) but it's funny though, because we moved from our last home in 2019 and then we rented for a year while our home was being built. And so, and we've been in this current home for a little over two years anyway. So we hired movers and we kind of kept to ourselves about moving. Like people knew that we were moving and we didn't ask for any help. We let people know, Hey, this is our moving day. And we just People were aware of our plans, but we weren't really going out of our way to advertise everything and come over and, you know, say goodbye to me. I don't like goodbyes, things like that anyway. And so we moved and it, we just did it on our own. It was kind of a non, you know, it was just, we just didn't involve people in it besides the people that we had hired to help us with Mm -hmm. it. And we got a lot of crap for that, to be honest like really? people were, yeah people were just like why didn't you ask for help and i was like so it's like so you so you want to help me and then complain about it you know
1: Well what's the funny next day. though is like i've gotten that too where people have been like oh you should have called me and i'm always like i don't think you really mean that because you knew i was moving and never offered
0: Right <laughs> right so it's like when when i have a huge moving truck outside my house for, I mean, it, it takes some time. It's not like they, you know, arrive at the house load it up in five minutes and then you take off. It's there for a good hour, mm-hmm. depending on how much you have to move. You know, it's like we would have welcomed your help if you wanted to come over. But I know that nobody likes to move. So why are you complaining about not me not asking you to move when I know you wouldn't have wanted to do it anyway?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway, so that was a learning experience on my part. <laughs> it's like even though people don't want to do something, they're still going to pl- complain when you don't ask them to help you. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It, and it just really boils down to the fact it's kind of like what we were talking about last week, like let's get over this, let me know, you know, let's get together sometime. Along those same lines is, let me know if you need any help. Guess what, 95% of people are never gonna let you know when they right. need help, Right. even when they really need help. If you wanna help, just help.
1: Right, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing, like people need something very specific, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and that's the thing when you say, just give me a call if you need anything. I. I'm so overwhelmed they don't know what I need you know or yes. or it's easier in the case of moving I'm packing up my stuff my friends know I'm doing that right a couple of people actually have offered to help out which is really sweet and I've very politely declined because I don't need my friends going through my stuff you know <laughs> not that they're doing it out of like a voyeuristic thing they're not but it's just I don't I don't need that I'm good I can pack up some boxes no problem yes. Um, but but then when you have a friend who's maybe sick or something and or they have a kid that's sick or or something like that and it's like they're so overwhelmed with the responsibilities they don't even know what to ask for help on so it's like you just kind of have to sometimes just show up and just start doing something
0: right right you know and when i have known people that have been sick like late last year i had a friend whose husband got very sick with covid and he was in the hospital for a long time. And she obviously wasn't at work. And, uh, you know, as her coworkers, we would be together and like, what should we do? What should we do? And it was just, it was like, I don't, we didn't know how to help. And it's not like we could go to the hospital. It's not like we could really do anything, you know? And so I remember one day sending her a text and I just said, Hey, I just, wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you. I don't want to overwhelm you. Do you need, and I gave something very specific that, you know, like, I think it was like, can I bring you this, like maybe some gift cards, you know? And she was like, you know what? I'm okay. And at that moment that I sent her a text, she had actually asked her neighbor if she could borrow their dog. I guess it was like a big golden retriever, like as a comfort, she was like, my neighbor, let me borrow her dog. And I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm petting the dog and it's helping me stay relaxed. And so, which, you know, and so, and then every once in a while I just checked in with her, like, I'm thinking about you, do you, whatever, you know? And it, And I think, and it's funny that we're talking about this because just last night we were having dinner with a friend who herself also had to go through cancer treatment. And she said all of her family members just wanted so badly to help, but there's, there's not much you can do other than just be present at the hospital. And she said, I, I just love my family so dearly, but I just wanted them gone. I felt like I felt horrible and I didn't want to have to be entertaining anybody and, I I do think there's like a, we put a burden on people that we think really need help and we have the best intentions in the world, but sometimes just giving them their space is the best thing we can do for them. But it just like defy that like defies logic, you know, like I'm not, you know, the best thing that my friends need right now is just for me to leave them alone, you know, or to give them space while they recover or whatever. But there are still little things we can do, like check-in texts and things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because even when someone wants to be left alone, sometimes that is also not necessarily what they really want and need. They just want to not be pestered. So it's like, sometimes people want someone to just come and sit with them Mm -hmm. and not be asking questions, not be talking about the situation and just be there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not always the case. And so you really have to listen to people and, and hear them out and hear what they're asking for and what they're... Not vocally asking for sometimes, but if you really want to help, then you need to listen to what they're saying.
0: Yes, exactly. And just, let's just get rid of the, let me know if you need any help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to help, just- Give me a
1: call if I can do
0: anything. It's like, <laughs> well, my dishes are dirty. <laughs> you can do those. I... Yeah, and and those those sorts of things take time, you know, to get to the point where- Uh, people are willing to ask for help. So anyway. Yeah. So you're moving next week.
1: I do. And I don't need help. I'm good.
0: (laughs) Okay. So are you, are you, um, I will need help
1: picking out a couch. So you need to come down and help.
0: Okay. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when do you go back to work? Well, no, like, sorry, not when do you go back to work because you are at work. When does school start?
1: Uh, August
0: 15th. Oh, okay. So it's, Uh, pretty soon yeah nice we
1: have like a week in between summer and fall terms every year they give us no time uh at least this year we have a week we've had years in the past where it's like summer school ends on thursday and we're back in class on friday mm-hmm. i mean on monday so wow yeah it's a lot
0: that is a lot mm-hmm. so next weekend my family and i are going on our first vacation of the summer To visit my brother, who lives in Boise, Idaho. Oh, fun. No offense to Boise. We like (laughs) it. But I'm just like, when people ask me, what are you doing this summer? It's like, I mean, we just barely made these plans, I don't know, a week or two ago. So this summer has been busy for us with things that are not as fun as traveling to Paris. But that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I've been working as well. So
1: But what are you going to do in Boise?
0: Uh, Just visit my brother and his family. He's married and has two sons. So we're going to visit them. Fun. Yeah. So just we got an Airbnb and we're bringing our dog with us. She travels with us now. I never thought I'd be the type of person that traveled with my dog, but.
1: You said you're going on your first trip of the summer. Are you doing any others?
0: No. No. I think the next time I'll go anywhere is when I go to California to see you in November. We pick out a couch.
1: No, we got to yes. come before then because we got to pick out a couch. I can't wait till November. Oh,
0: that's true. You can't wait till November. We'll see. <laughs> I know Dustin was thinking about doing a, going on a work trip to Anaheim, but that doesn't sound like it's going to pan out. And I have a really hard time taking my kids out of school for vacation. Yeah. And I have a hard time missing work not that yeah, it i mean I it's it's like the american curse <laughs> it's like we feel bad going on vacation why do we feel know, bad going so on vacation why do we feel bad missing work it's a very normal thing like work should not dictate our lives and yet i'm you know incredibly sick at home one day and have to call into work and i spend all day feeling guilty about missing work even though I'm sick. Like, it's just... It, I don't know how to get away from that mentality.
1: I don't either. I don't either. I mean, I have that too. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm congested. I've had a sore throat. I've had three COVID tests. They're all negative, so I did not pick up COVID in France. Um, which, honestly, I feel like if I didn't get it there, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I have to be immune. <laughs> like, they just are living life. Like, there's no such thing. And, um really really crowded subways i mean it was just it was it was crazy um but i did come back with something because i'm all stuffy and stuff i i really think it's allergies actually um oh okay but because it's like all my normal allergy symptoms and it tends to respond okay to claritin so um there's a little health update that nobody wanted but anyway (laughs) um
0: Everyone was interested in that.
1: Oh, sure. But there was one day this week where I was like, I kind of just feel like crap. I would really like to just stay home and sleep. And Mm -hmm. I didn't do that because I was just like, no, I felt bad. I was gone for two weeks. My poor coworker was there by himself, you know, for those two weeks. And I felt bad about it. And I didn't stay home, even though he was out for six weeks for medical leave a few months ago. And it was just me most of the time. So it was like, why and and he wouldn't have cared if i had stayed home he would have been fine with it but it was just like why do i like build this up in my head that like i can't take that time like one day off because i've just been gone for two weeks but he did six and it was fine you know right. we we're all fine with it so right I and did. it's
0: yeah i don't i don't know why we are that way either and it really is not good i mean mm-hmm. we we need to be you know we need to be wise with our time and our, we need to keep our commitments, especially when we depend on work for our livelihood, but it really shouldn't be that big of a deal to take a vacation. And I think another aspect of it is that if you, you know, how, if you are in a a situation where you are in charge of, or allowing people to take vacation, let people take vacation. Mm -hmm. Don't throw on any guilt trips. I was, I was talking to my of all people, my dental hygienist. And I was, she's like, oh, just letting you know that I'm no longer going to be working here. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. And I was like, I don't want to get to know someone new to take care of my teeth. And she goes, Yeah, I just found a dentist who works a little bit more with allowing me to take vacation. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Like you should be allowed Um, to take vacation. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to quit your job because the person you're working for won't let you take vacation. That's and ridiculous. I, yeah. It was really sad. And so now I'm like, well, where are you going? We'll just follow you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And because I don't know if I want to give money to a person that is not good with giving. Yeah. Someone who's, who's a bad employer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, we could talk forever about bad employers, but
1: yeah, <laughs> that was. We will
0: one day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's 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 too bad that in this day and age i mean dustin my husband he struggles immensely taking time off and i know that when we go to boise it's going to be it's going to be hard for him and he'll probably come home to like a lot of extra work because it it's not like when you're in your career like i think you mentioned this once it's just like there's nobody there to do my job when i'm gone the work just sits there and it, and it just piles up and then I still have to take care of it plus everything else that happens that same day. So in in so many and you know and that in and of itself I mean is that good? Should we have people that can help do your work while you're gone so you don't come back because the mess that is returning to work after a vacation almost is reason alone not to go on vacation.
1: Yeah, it's easier to just not go. I mean this trip that I just took, that was my first real vacation in five years. Mm-hmm. And I had 300 hours. We don't, It's not use it or lose it. In California, that's an earned benefit. They can't just take it away from you. They, If they're going to take away your time, they have to pay you out for it. So my district just lets it pile up. Obviously, I can't take 300 hours of vacation time right yeah. altogether. But I had that much just sitting in the bank, you know, in my, like, little PTO bank. And between vacation and sick time which we get separately i had like an entire semester's worth of pto that i oh. constantly felt like i just couldn't use except for maybe maybe a day here if i really needed it like if i really had a migraine or whatever um i do have a boss that is much more open to vacation time which is nice but again it comes back to like sure she's cool with it she's not going to tell me I can't go but the burden that's going to put on my coworkers to be gone for my coworker singular to be gone for a week and all of the people that report to me cuz I've got a bunch of of employees that report directly to me and it's like I see what happens when I'm gone and all mm-hmm. the chaos that ensues we we just we need to do something different You know, I remember years ago reading this article about Norway, which of course has a lot of oil fields and things that the government owns, and their taxes are high and all that, and I get that. Like, here in America, we want a lot of stuff, but we don't want to pay the taxes that would be required to do that, Um, but I remember reading about how everyone in in that country everyone who works gets six weeks of vacation every year and if you're a farmer or you have some other kind of like particular types of businesses the government provides someone to run your business for you while you're on vacation for six weeks
0: whoa yeah (laughs) i mean I think on paper that might sound like a good idea, but is this person qualified?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have just like a pool of people and I'm sure they're sure there's a process. They don't just send some rando to your house and you're like, "All right, have fun. I promise I'm not going to ruin everything." You know. Like, I'm sure you get a little bit of say in who that's going to be, but but the point is that they they make that happen because they understand that vacations and taking time off and getting that reset and recharge Is really important. But in this country, it's like you can't – we are made to feel guilty for taking the time that we have earned.
0: Yes, we do not value time off. We value work in this country. And there's nothing wrong with thinking that a hard day's work is time well spent. That's not what we're saying. It's that work should not be the only way you spend your time. Exactly. The majority of the week. Exactly. And, yeah, and I I don't know how to get over that mentality. I mean, I think it can start with people being unapologetic about taking time off. It's like, hey, I'm sick. I'm staying home and not apologize for it.
1: Which, honestly, I think we're starting to see with this Gen Z, you know, group. Mm -hmm. I think think in some cases I'm seeing it go a little too far. A little too unwilling to do certain things. But I think – the way, like part of the reason that we have like a quote unquote labor shortage right now is because people are saying, especially younger people are saying, I'm not willing to do what you expect me to do for the wage that you are offering. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. You need to pay more money. You need to provide benefits. You need to make this worth my while. Right. And, and so, yeah, that's what it takes is for, for people to stand up to their employers and say, no, you need to treat me like an actual person not like part of your product
0: right and and i think a lot of people will be like well but what if the money's not there i mean the business is there to make a profit but believe me when i tell you it's like especially with these large corporations the money is there Mm -hmm. you know and like i know businesses around here that will make a blanket statement to all their employees and say oh there's not going to be any raises this year and then the next day They publish all of their profits for all of their investors. And it's so, it's like on the one hand, like the money is there. The money is absolutely there. Like the fact that, you know, places like Target is starting now at like $15 an hour, that is nothing compared to what they're bringing in. They can absolutely afford to give their employees that amount of money
1: but well but one thing along those lines is like if if a company can't afford for their employees to take the vacation time that they have offered and that they have built into the compensation package because it is built into yeah. that uh then that is a bad business model it's unsustainable and they need to rethink their entire business practice
0: right the the money is there so when people are up in arms about well you know we shouldn't be raising minimum wage it's not worth that amount you know retail fast food like those are tough jobs yeah, but
1: well i mean yeah. like i've well i guess this is a topic for another day i was gonna say some stuff about minimum wage and, and entry-level jobs and things but i think the bottom line you know like recently my my friends and i we've been having a lot of conversations about tipping and mm-hmm. what's appropriate percentage for tipping at you know restaurants the hairstylist whatever and for me, it comes down to how much would I need to make to be willing to do that job? hmm And I... So I try to tip accordingly. Um, and I also try to be really kind to retail people. I've been a retail person. I've done food service and catering. I've done a lot of jobs that, you know, require you to deal with some of the rudest people on the planet. And... It, I think everybody should because it really does help you develop an appreciation for, uh, for what those jobs entail and for what they go through to to try to keep customers satisfied. And anyway, that's way off topic from what we were is. talking about, about. It is summer, but uh, <laughs> obviously we've been spending a lot of the summer shopping and eating and thinking about money.
0: <laughs> I know, um, yeah, but I. Um... Anyway. Yes. And the other, <laughs> so yeah, getting back to the point, I, I will share that the way, cause people are probably like, Emily, what in the world do you do all day with your time? If you're not going on vacation, I will tell you, I work at a local elementary school and um, I work in the multilingual learner department, formerly known as ESL. We're trying to transition away from the term ESL or English as a second language, just to give a little bit more respect to the fact that there are people whose primary language is not English and just respect their home language. I don't know if that is coming across if that makes sense, but you know, like if you if your first language We don't need to we don't need to focus on the fact that English is your second language, as if English is the best language in the world. Anyway. And
1: for a lot of people, it's their third or fourth or fifth language. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Right. So, um, so that's how I spend my days during the school year is working with these children who are, for a variety of reasons, uh not, you know, English is not their first language. And we have had we've we've seen a lot of struggles there's been this is another topic but um the ripple effect of covid and children not being able to go to school um even though i agreed that being at school was probably not the best thing in the world for people to be doing um during a global pandemic like i you know that really i think was good in terms of stopping the spread, it did have drastic consequences for a lot of kids, a certain demographic of children who didn't have parents who could just stay home with them and help them with their schoolwork. These parents probably had essential jobs and they need to be out of the house. Anyway, um, so we did notice a big change in children's uh, level and where they are with reading and writing and things like that. So we my coworker and I, we organized a little summer school for a few of our kids that we felt would actually come to summer school because a lot of kids don't want to go to summer school. Shocker. Yeah. And so uh, we have three kids who are refugees from Afghanistan. Uh, One little boy who came here from Chile with his mom and then another little boy who is from El Salvador. Um, anyway so that's how I've been spending the last eight weeks of my summer our last day is actually going to be next week and then we're giving ourselves you know two weeks off before we return for (laughs) for the regular school year so but that's been very rewarding I love those kids I love I love watching um, you know new people come to this country and hearing their stories I mean there's just nothing quite like hearing like a little 9-year-old boy tell you about an experience he had hearing bombs or being in a building that was being bombed in Afghanistan. I mean there there's nothing quite like that. Yeah. It's very humbling. So I'm I'm grateful for these little kids and that they're they're here and that they're safe. And and as a school district employee, I do not get paid <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> probably what the value of our work is. But I do it anyway, because it's seriously, it's just not about the money. And I would imagine most teachers would say that yeah. there's a, there's a loyalty that comes with being an educator and I'm, I'm a classified employee. I'm not a, a, you know, a certified teacher, but you know, I think a lot of people wonder like, why do teachers still work in education? And, and they're, they, they are going away. I mean, they're, there's a crisis brewing, but I think a lot of it boils down to loyalty to these kids. And like, I can't abandon these my students. I need to be there for them, even though I'm drastically underpaid and I get treated like crap by certain parents. Yeah. So there you go. That's how I've been spending my summer.
1: Well, I think that's amazing. I didn't realize that you and a coworker had spearheaded it. I just assumed it was something that the district was doing and you signed up for. No, so. this was, that's this incredible.
0: was, we came up with it. We got permission from our principal. Um, our kind of overhead at the district level was like, you're doing a summer school. Can I come and see? So she came and watched. And I think, um, the principal will let us continue to do it so long as there's funds to pay us. Yeah. But That's honestly, awesome. I love yeah. that. Emily. Yeah, yeah. That's it great. was good. It's, it's been fun. And the kids are sad. They told us, like we said, okay, next week's our last week. And So you get to have a summer. You don't have to worry about coming to school for a few weeks. And they're actually really devastated. They want to still keep coming. So I was talking to my friend. I was like, or my coworker, I was like, should we extend it? And she's like, "Uh, no, I think we need to take a break (laughs) from being inside the building.
1: (laughs) You do. You do. You definitely do. But I think that's one thing that, um, and I'm I'm not putting down American children, but I think that that's one thing that I've really been, impressed by as I've traveled to some far flung places around the world. Uh, especially people who in communities that don't have access to stable, secure, good education that you can count on every day to be there. Um, their appreciation level for school mm-hmm. is so much higher than kids who have that all the time and kinda that's just their day and they have to go, you know, I mean, I remember being in India and the we went and visited a school one day cuz the trip that I was on was mostly educators and um And we went and visited a school. It was their summer vacation, so the kids weren't in session. But they were all hanging out at school. Like, they (laughs) hang out and the teachers come and, like, they still get lunch during the day and stuff. And they just wanted to hang out. And they were so excited that a group of teachers were coming. And they wanted to come in and and sit down with us and show us their books and show us their classroom and everything. And, And there just really is, like... I think the re- I think the reason we don't see this so much in American kids is because of how factory settings school kind of is for them. And it's just a default. It's not something they've ever had to do without because it's just part of their life. Exactly. But I think when it comes down to it, all children inherently crave knowledge and they crave learning. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of finding the way that it will engage them the most.
0: Yes. Yep yeah there are so many working with working with children not from america it's i i wish that everybody had that opportunity to spend time with kids especially kids who are who are refugees who are fleeing yeah. very dangerous uh, circumstances and we're we're just so fortunate to live in america and You know, obviously America is not perfect and we have a lot of you know, we just spent we we just spent we just spent some time talking about how our labor force is very corrupt. Yeah. Um but I'm at the end of the day, I'm very grateful for living here and and that and you know, and like my gratitude for America has increased so much as I meet these children and as they you know, like the reality, you know, we they're being taught, oh, as as children, no adult should be hurting you while you're here, you know. And if you are, you you say something, you know, and these these kids are coming from schools where it's very typical for teachers to hurt them, you know. And so they're being taught right from the get-go, don't let anybody hurt you while you're here. And the fact that Like I wouldn't even dawn on me as if I were to send my kids to another country, make sure no one hurts you while you're there. Like, because they can, if they want to, you know, you know what I, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, totally. It's, and the fact that these little kids have experience with hearing bombs explode and they, they tell us all about their experience flying here, getting here and, You know, like I think they had to make a pit stop in Germany and then another one somewhere on the eastern coast of the U.S. and stuff like that. And, you know, everything's new to them. It's just so amazing to watch people experience America for the first time. And you don't get that if you're if you don't spend any time with people not from this country or travel. So anyway. Yeah, but it's
1: a fulfilling Mm -hmm. job. I'm so happy for you to have that experience.
0: It is very fulfilling. And I'm lucky enough to be able to have a job in which I can earn a small wage. I'm not the primary breadwinner of our home, but I still get that opportunity to make a small difference, hopefully, in someone's life. And these kids are are just so adorable. So anyway, everyone just like pat me on the back. I'm just so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You are, Emily. (laughs) This is the Emily appreciation episode.
1: (laughs) lean over a little bit and I can Oh, okay. No, other way. No, other, other way. way.
0: here we go. Oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> no. But um I like my job and I know there's a lot of other very wonderful, fulfilling jobs in all uh what's the word? In all varieties. So yeah. in all different spectrums of life. Definitely. So find what you love if you can. If, you know, having a job that you enjoy is is a privilege it's true it's true it really is
1: especially finding a job that you enjoy and that gives you vacation time
0: yes (laughs) and 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 i have no paid vacation that is not a that is not um a benefit of one of my jobs because i work part-time
1: and that's okay you normally would have had summer off but you chose i chose not to
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and when i told when we told people like other people at the school what we were doing they just looked at us like we were insane and they're like, why? And it's like, because these kids need help. That's why. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's like, I have, I have an invested interest in these children. That's why. Yeah. You know, and yeah,
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, Karen, for sharing how your summer has been going. Thanks. Yeah. I hope, I hope too. to, I hope to get there soon to help you buy a couch. But if not, we can do some online browsing, right? That's
1: true it's true yeah
0: we do that. <laughs> well awesome well it was great talking with you and I can't wait to talk with you again yeah let's
1: talk again next week
0: okay all right Thanks. see ya
1: bye, bye.